Welcome everybody back to the podcast Crossing the Chasm. I'm Charlie Ryan. I'm here with Scott Reckler, uh, having a strategic conversation about what's going on today and tomorrow. Scott, thanks so much for coming back and taking some time out of your busy schedule to talk to us. Charlie, I appreciate it and always enjoy sharing my ideas with you and the rest of our team. Thank you. So, you know, we've been talking about the white paper. White paper put forth a pretty bold strategy, a theory as to where the market is, where the market is going. As we move out of 23, as we're looking at 24, where do you see the theory turning into practice, that transition? Yeah, so, as you said, you, you know, what we try to do with the white paper is project as to where we think things are going and having an eyes wide open approach and then communicating that to stakeholders. And I think in 23, a lot of that was setting that foundation, communicating that strategy, beginning the process to position ourselves to execute that strategy by identifying which of our buildings as Project Kodak were film and which were digital by beginning the process of communicating to the relevant stakeholders our approach on dealing with those different buildings, as well as positioning ourselves to play offense more broadly in the market. And so as we're thinking about 23, this was setting that foundation. And 24 is going to see much more about the execution mm -hmm. and the you know, the theory becoming a reality, mm -hmm. right? And the it, we've already started to see this in 23 as we've identified some of our properties that were film and had been the process of engaging with the lenders and stakeholders. And that's a process that takes time. I mean, these are things that don't happen overnight because you need to agree and have some resetting of expectations on values and have to go through discussions and negotiations with the different stakeholders. But take 61 Broadway as an example, where early on, we identified that as a film asset that we were unlikely in our mind to be able to keep as an office building. And we need to go through a significant restructuring with the lenders. And that we thought unlikely to be successful. Well, as I sit here today, you know, we have an understanding with the existing lenders to reset the basis of the building to a price per foot that gives us the flexibility to now reimagine it as a mixed-use building mm -hmm. of office and retail and residential on the top of that building, right? So mm -hmm. working that process and getting us to that end, that position was not something we could write down a paper say we're going to complete, but we didn't, don't give up on it. You know, we have a whole list of, of buildings that are film or even buildings that are, what I'll say, in the middle that have you know, capital structures that need to be reset, values that need to be reset to reflect this new paradigm that we're now in for the longer term. And we're engaging with them. So, mm -hmm. you know, more recently, as an example, the Helmsley building, which is a high profile building, well located, but physically, you know, clearly a 20th century building. And, you know, it needs to be competitive. It needs a material reset of value. And we just, you know, recently, that's in what they call CMBS, which is not one lender. It's a securitized type of, of lender. So we have to go to a servicer, a special servicer, who then negotiates for the bondholders. And that was just recently announced. And so we're beginning that process. And profile building, got profile visibility of that. But that's going to be probably an extended period of time of negotiation as to where that lands. On the counter side, we've also had some great successes on the digital situation where we were able to extend our loan at 1285 Avenue Americas or at 450 Lexington Avenue where we extended the loan and signed Davis Polk to a long-term lease in that building. And so, you know, we're, we're getting our wins and we're positioning ourselves for, you know, taking advantage of these, you know, engaging these other situations with the hope of 
you know, winning as many as we can, but knowing that we got to be disciplined. And if it doesn't come out where we got the right basis to be successful on the other side of this, we're not going to continue to pursue it. It's interesting as you're saying it, I'm noticing the dichotomy between how you're seeing the world. And so we went back to the earlier episodes about the white paper and taking the time to think through an arc of where things could go and the way the world sees the world, right? You wake up in the morning and it says 2.30 Park going back to the special service and you're thinking, uh, RXR is in trouble because people look at the world in a very sort of bite-sized where I am today perspective. They're missing the larger arc. Earlier, you mentioned this, how when you take the time to think things through, you are disciplined when the things go against you. And during those trying times where you have to make moves, like enabling a building to go get reset in its values, you have the strength to to hold on because you've thought about it before. I wonder just how you navigate that at your at your exposure level. How do you navigate other people making judgments about your strategy because they only see a snippet of that strategy, right. not seeing the whole picture. Right. Well, no. And I think and I think it's you know important in terms of even how we set ourselves up for this. Right. I think I think it's it's, it's when we have pursued our business different than many of our peers. Every building stands alone, right? They're financed alone. They're not cross-collateralized. There's not guarantees back to RXR. So that offers us you know, substantial flexibility to be able to maintain a discipline of not putting good money after bad, right? If a building is one that we think we can make economically viable, reset the basis, reimagine its use to a mixed-use purpose, then we'll invest in that building. If it's not, then you know we can walk away without any other ramifications that impact arcs are mm-hmm. right, and that from, that's an important distinction that I'm not sure people focus on because they don't. It's not necessarily something that a lot of other companies or a lot of other industries do, where you have that flexibility. So that's in a, you know something that uh, was a good starting point. The second is having the capital to be able to do this right. Mm-hmm. When you sit down with a counterparty, a, l- a lender, and you talk about wanting to reset the basis. You know, it can't be a one-way discussion. What you need to be offering is, yes, we recognize our equity is also underwater, your loan's underwater. To reset the base is going to require a significant investment. We'll make that investment as our part of the contribution. We'll invest those hundreds of millions of dollars in exchange for you modifying the loan and reducing the basis of the building, mm-hmm. right, so that we can be competitive. So you need to not only offer the vision, the execution, the capability, but the capital to enable this to be something that is embraced by the lender. And that's a formula that um, has a much greater chance of being successful than just being a, a an operator who just wants to hang on. I and mean, the other choice you could make is you could kick the can down the road, which was a lot, a lot of people did in 2008 and 2009, and then the markets came back. But we're of the belief that the markets aren't coming back to the same values they were before. So Kicking the can is just going to mean that, you know, two, three years from now, we're going to still be dealing with the same problem of a building that has too much debt on it, then is going to make it competitive. So we have to reset the basis today if we're going to be competitive in the future. Mm-hmm. And it, it shows that even as you're buying the buildings and life was, so to speak, on the high, because everybody's on a high when you buy something, you were already planning to protect yourself if there was a low. And that is a discipline that I think applies in everyone's life, that to... Be mindful that even in quote unquote good times, the job you have, the division you're running, the whatever you have in your life, to not get swept up and it'll always be good, but to think about how to prepare yourself to protect against whatever the downside is. That's right. You really try to manage your risk, right? And you know, position yourself in that in context. And then the other thing also is, is I've, I've talked before, right? Contain and capitalize. Mm-hmm. The other thing in 2013 for us has been about 
positioning ourselves to capitalize on this phenomenon. That's not just an RxR phenomenon. It's a phenomenon that's happening, you know, across the whole office market and frankly across the whole commercial real estate market as we reset interest rates and what was worth, you know, X in one period is now worth X minus something today. And so, you know, we've been raising capital to pursue this specifically in the office space. You know, we're, we're just finishing our first closing of our office recovery vehicle at a starting raise of $500 million. And that's money that we can then go invest for other real estate owners and other properties or other lenders to help support them, you know, reset the basis of those buildings, re-equitize these you know capital structures that need to be deleveraged, and you know similarly, we're doing that on uh, with our high yield credit vehicle, uh, with preferred equity and debt on the multifamily space throughout the country in the you know in our target market. So you know you want to be not just focused on containing the challenges, but capitalizing the opportunities, not just playing defense, but also playing offense. Yeah, and it reminds me what you said in an earlier podcast about how when you run towards risk and you're willing to see and to experience all the potential negatives, right? and you're open to it, you write the white paper, you do the research, you can be aggressive. And I think you mentioned this earlier, how a lot of the, your partners in an office recovery vehicle are not office owners because they're now dealing with the crisis. And so are you. But when you're dealing with it, you're dealing with it in a way that's eyes wide open so you can bifurcate between real issues w- with opportunity. And that I think you're showing and RxR's living people need to be understanding that this is the benefit of running towards risk. You get to see the difference between the, the shades of gray and take advantage of, of that. Right. And, and I think the other thing that's very interesting, and we've been talking a lot about this as we go through this process, when you're in that circumstance and you're running towards these challenges and they're unknown, you know, you're living through the, the fog of war, right? And you have to be comfortable with chaos before clarity. There's no roadmap that says, here's point A, and here's how you get to point B. It's just that there's a roadmap of here's point A, start moving and be prepared to be agile and pivot and keep pushing forward and finding the mm-hmm. hole to eventually get Great. to where you got to go, right? Great. And so, wow. and that's something that, you know, takes an ability of perseverance and again, you know, keeping your eyes peering for where is that one little, you know, I sliver of light wow. to go through and and adjust as we go through that process. Wow. That, yeah. Wow. I think what you just said is how people take it for every aspect of their life. Once you get that, you have a roadmap that's real that you can use. That's right. And and, and again, it's, it's you got to be comfortable with this chaos before clarity concept, right? And that's the hard part, right? And we've talked about anxiety of not having clarity. You know, people tend to get paralyzed or tend to not to move or, or wait for someone to provide the answer, but that's not going to get you there. You got to march in and move forward, right? As you know, football analogy, right? Then, you know, when you're a good running back, you don't necessarily see the hole, but you keep pushing, and then eventually maybe a hole opens up, and then you're, and you're off to the races. Amazing. Scott, thanks for the time. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Charlie. Appreciate it.